0: Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is the story of Hagar. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzelow, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon.
1: And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so this story comes from the Hebrew scripture reading from mm-hmm. the past Sunday. For those of us who may not have been in attendance... Can you tell me what that story is? Absolutely. So for folks who are kind of new around here, we
0: use what is called the Revised Common Lectionary. It's a cycle of three years of readings that go along. And one of the options in the Revised Common Lectionary in the summer months, in what we call ordinary time, is some alternative readings that you can read that are kind of semi-continuous. And they tell a longer story across lots of weeks So I chose to use the semi-continuous lectionary for the last two weeks because the stories have been really powerful key stories from the book of Genesis, the first book in our Bible. The first weeks was the story of Abraham and Sarah in their old age, having visitors who stop at their tent and promise that they will have a child. And Sarah laughs because she had tried throughout her entire lifetime to have a child and she never got pregnant. And the words in the scripture are, when it ceases to be with me as it is with women, a.k.a. when she no longer was having her menstrual cycle. Sure. And the visitors say, you will have a child. And lo and behold, in their old age, Abraham and Sarah finally are able to have a son.
1: I don't know, man. That's not (laughs) what I would want at that age.
0: (laughs) I know, right? So Sarah laughs in response to hearing this promise. And who knows if it's laughter like, oh, you got to be kidding me, or nervous laughter of, I'm raising a kid now. Hysterical.
1: I'm going to go with hysterical laughter. Right? Who knows
0: what it was? But Sarah
1: laughed at this.
0: So they name their son Isaac, son of laughter. His name means laughter, right? Because Sarah laughed when she was promised this child. But before that happens in their lifetime, because they could not conceive and bear a son, Sarah had told her husband, Abraham, to take her Egyptian slave girl and have a child with Hagar. And so he did. And he had a son, and the son's name is Ishmael. So, Many years later, after Ishmael has been born and is growing up as a part of this family and is being present and is hard, probably, for Sarah to see. Sure. Nonetheless, her husband has a son.
1: Yeah, but that's ultimate practicality for the time, though, right? Because you need that heir. Right. But this is
0: an enslaved person who has had a son for Abraham. Whoa. And she's an Egyptian woman. And so time goes on and Sarah has Isaac. So the story of Sarah and Abraham being promised Isaac was the reading, not this last Sunday, but the Sunday before. Uh This week's reading picks up when Isaac had been born and he had been weaned. There was a large party, a celebration because all the things had happened that had been promised, that Isaac came to be, and that the promise that Abraham would be the father of nations and would bless the world with his children had finally come true in their eyes. And so there was a big party in this section of the scripture, for those who are interested in looking it up, you can look it up in Genesis chapter 21, and this is specifically verses 8 through 21. So in this section, they have a big party for Isaac celebrating and being excited. And if we think about when a child is weaned on average, what would that be? Two, three, four years old? Somewhere
1: in there. Much of it depends on the culture. I'm yeah. going to say perhaps three or four, There you given go, that, that many other cultures will nurse far longer than we do in the United States.
0: There we go. And and it's historical, right? I don't exactly know how old at this point Isaac would have been. But the scripture says that at this point in time, we know that Ishmael came along quite a bit before. So probably a young preteen or a young teenager would be Ishmael, this boy. And Sarah at the party sees Ishmael and Isaac playing together. And she our translation of the scripture says, she said to Abraham, cast out this slave woman with her son for the son of this slave woman shall not inherit along with my son,
1: Isaac. That is not what I would have expected from somebody like Sarah. Right? That is, that's bold and vindictive.
0: Completely. And so Sarah, at this point, the woman of privilege who has her son finally, tells her husband, get rid of them. And Abraham, heartbroken, a father to this child, does it? (gasps) No. Yeah, he casts them out. He goes, and the scripture says, the matter was very distressing to Abraham on account of his son. No kidding. But God said to Abraham, do not be distressed because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you. For it is through Isaac that offspring shall be named for you. As for the son of the slave woman, I will make a nation of him also, because he is also your offspring. So Abraham rose early in the morning, took a bread, a skin of water, gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder along with the child,
1: and sent her away. Whoa, wait, no words of reassurance? I got it on good authority that things are going to be fine. Just hang in there. Here's bread, here's water, and go. Yikes. And she departed
0: and wandered about in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she cast the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off, about the distance of a bow shot. For she said, do not let me look on the death of the child. And as she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice, and wept. In this time that we are living, having this story is important. Oh yeah. And there's more that comes, but I want to sit with this moment, right? Because we are hearing so much of mothers crying for their children, and we are hearing children crying for their mothers, and we are hearing off children, and and, and straight Hagar, up privilege. Straight up privilege, right? And to be clear, Abraham's not white. Well, sure. Right. Abraham is Middle Eastern, but he was a person of privilege. And this was the child of an Egyptian slave woman.
1: There is definite privilege.
0: Absolutely. Definitely. And the recognition that bodies in this situation were being cast out and a mother was desperately trying to avoid having to watch her own child die of dehydration and starvation. It's a powerfully strong image right now, and it should be. It should be a convicting image.
1: Have you preached on this one in the past? No, and not here
0: because this time of year, I'm usually at the pride parade. Oh, that's fair. And so it hasn't come up. So this is the first time that I've had to kind of pull out this story and take a look at it. So we have here these pieces of the story. And at this moment, Hagar is weeping, praying, trying to find her way through. And the scripture continues, And God heard the voice of the boy. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Do not be afraid, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Come lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy and he grew up. He lived in the wilderness and became an expert with the bow. He lived in the wilderness of Haran and got him a wife from the land of Egypt. This is the story of Ishmael. And when we talk about the three Abrahamic faiths, the three major world religions that come from Abraham. We have Christianity that begets from Judaism. Judaism trails back to Abraham through its connection with Isaac, laughter, the son of Abraham and Sarah. The third major Abrahamic religion is Islam. And the Muslim community traces their heritage back to Abraham
1: through Ishmael. Hagar's son that is a that is not a happy heritage from the origin story Gecko, right wow okay so where do you go with this story in this day and age what are you trying to get people to either understand or take away from it well it was father's day <laughs> <laughs> and also not a great father's day text hey give up your son
0: <laughs> right Don't worry, next week's gets even better. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. We got a lot of issues with fathers in these parts of the stories. But where my heart led and the scripture study pointed out is the ways in which fathers are taken from their children and culture pulls fathers away from their children. And the brokenness then that comes within relationships and the difficulty and the ache And particularly for the Black community, the loss of fathers is a huge deal. One of the resources that I've been studying that we talked about last week, things to be doing our work. And one of the resources that I watched or read or something last week had talked about how when a white boy is born in North America, he has a 1 in 28 chance of becoming incarcerated. Okay. A Black boy...
1: Are you ready for this? It should turn your stomach. I'm preparing myself. I know it's not good.
0: One in four.
1: Oh, that's even worse.
0: One in four chance. And when we look at the 13th Amendment and we understand that slavery was abolished unless someone has been persecuted and rightfully charged with a crime, Mm -hmm. and we know about profit prisons, and we understand how... The impact of gerrymandering and pull, like, oh yeah. Felons don't get a vote, but they're counted in how many votes you get. Oh yeah. Right. So, all of those kinds of pieces, then we can see an entire connection to this enslavement of a population through incarceration. And when we get to that and we recognize how many fathers are being pulled out of this community. And are being taken from their children and taken from relationship with their children. And so how many are growing up with no father? And this isn't to say that, you know, I believe in diverse families, but when you take an entire group out of an entire community, when you take 25% of a community and you remove them, the impact is painful, and that longing and that ache and that emptiness. And we know that family relationships are hard. We see, right, family relationships being hard from the beginning of recorded history. Well, yeah. And
1: right. then tack that extra statistic on top. Right. That's and you get. Not good. Yeah. So this story,
0: I think, is critical to understanding our engagement as we continue learning more about history and more about long-term ramifications of what our culture does and how religion intersects with all of this, because it does in North America. And so what does this say and do? And I guess for me, just highlighting that ache and that loss, that when there are people taken from a community, not of their own volition, there's a, an abrasiveness to that. And that being said, the good news in this is, of course, that God is still showing up for Ishmael and Hagar. Sure. God doesn't abandon them. We abandon each other. We take advantage of each other. We take fathers from homes, but God does not abandon them. And that's the good news. And our challenge is to be a part of stopping this cycle.
1: Wow. It's an incredibly powerful story, and my mind is at the moment stuck on one part of it. It's stuck on how we see nothing but the differences in the three religions that all sort of have a similar or the same root, Mm -hmm. and we can't get past that, Hmm. and how much those differences are used against each other. Yeah, yeah. And how that is also playing into what's going on currently in the world these days. hmm And if only we could just go back and see the similarities instead of just focusing on the differences. Or see the differences and celebrate them as gifts.
0: Sure. Right. I think sometimes we're like, well, let's find out how we're all in common and what what we have in common and that's good. But also, I'm really glad that there are people out there who are morning people because I'm not and I'm never going to deliver papers and people really want their newspapers with their breakfast. So even if we can't celebrate our similarities, even if we can learn how to celebrate our differences and how that gives the world All of the gifts that we need in order to make
1: God's kingdom a reality. Oh, that is such a true statement. We focus so much on what it means to be normal and the same, Mm -hmm. where there is such joy in the differences that are out there.
0: And this is the argument then against being colorblind, right? Sure. To say, I don't see color is to erase the absolute gorgeousness of the kaleidoscope of our creation. And to know that the differences are created on purpose. God didn't make us one big homogenous crew of creation because it's in the diversity. It's in the gorgeous, stunning colors of the world and of people and our passions and our hearts that God's kingdom thrives. And we need that diversity. And I think that there's there's a a Sunday school song, Father Abraham. Yes, yes, yes. It's been running through my head. uh Has many sons as the original, but I use many kids. And it's the one that I actually sprained my elbow doing because there are
1: like (laughs) motions, there
0: are motions and body motions. It's a great song to get kids up and moving. But if we think about, you know, Father Abraham had many kids, I am one of them. And so are you. And how can we let that diversity be a gift? And not just in theory and not just in pillowcase cross-stitch, but in the nitty-gritty of we're going to disagree and
1: through our disagreements, we're going to envision a world that's better. It's hard work, but that's the call. Fascinating. It's going to lead me to my last question. Do you look forward to being able to preach this again in the future? Or is this something that you are happy to have a chance at once and going to let it go from there?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I think I'll have to listen to the Spirit on that one. It's a powerful text, though, and it's an important story that I think gets overlooked way too much, so there may
1: be a responsibility in preaching it again. Excellent. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about Hagar's story. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. And thank you for listening along. Please do
0: check out that biblical story in the book of Genesis learn more. And if you have more details on this story that you would like to share, find us on Facebook and give more information, or feel free to email us at podcast at centralportland.org. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you, no matter what.